Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way you continually reveal new aspects of your heart to us through it. And Father, I just ask now that um, the words of truth and encouragement that you want to convey to your sons would be what is spoken through me, and um, that only your heart would be known. In Jesus' name. All right. So, amen. <laughs> this teaching, you know, Nat, you were talking about not remembering things. So in my phone, I put a reminder, look at Matthew 25, because that's what Nettie had taught on, you know, look through more of the detail. But in my head, I memorized it as Matthew 24. So when I sit down and I'm studying and I'm looking through 24 and I'm reading through it and I'm like, this doesn't look like what I'm supposed to be like studying further. This doesn't sound familiar. But then the part that stood out to me was the be not troubled. And so I'm like, well, maybe I'll go that way, Lord. Like I was thinking something totally different, but that kind of stood out to my spirit, you know, and then I start to work on it. And I'm like, but wait a minute, has somebody taught all this? You know, so I'm, no, what's wrong? Oh, okay. So um, that's all right. Where was I? Um, right. So, oh, so then, you know, you start to, to like work it up and I'm like, wait a minute, this sounds vaguely familiar. I don't want to reteach something that someone else has already taught, but then it didn't matter what scripture sheets I looked at or what lesson I went back looking for titles from Pastor Ron. I couldn't find it. I'm like, you know what, Lord, this is what stood out to me when I was reading through what you brought to the forefront. So I'm just going to go with it. <laughs> so if it sounds familiar to anybody, I'm sorry. <laughs> wasn't trying to plagiarize anyone's teaching. Yes, Ned. Did you remember where it came from? You? I asked you yesterday. <laughs> and I even went back through my scripture sheets and I'm like, where's the one? Because I, I keep mine, you know. Find it, right? There you go. So... From an Adrian perspective, then. <laughs> we're we're going to look at this one again. So starting in Matthew 24, verse 6. And, you know, on your scripture sheet, I'm just kidding. Here, whoosh, have some scripture sheets. <laughs> just toss them. <laughs> on the sheet that you think you should have, but you don't. And I did. And David's like, I think somebody taught on that. And I'm like, well, I know, but I asked Ned and I couldn't find it and I can't remember. Is that, I don't know, because have I applied it to my life if I can't remember? <laughs> Oops. Well, right, maybe this is why I'm teaching on it again, because I needed to apply it to my life. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, I had to hand out the the scripture sheets. I was telling them, look, let's read. And I realized they didn't have the sheet to read. Just kidding. Right? So, <laughs> so the, um, right? The word that we're looking at is troubled and it's thereo, which means to wail or to clamor by implication to frighten or to be troubled, like using the definition to define itself. But, um, so what I thought was interesting is the first three scriptures they're all the same account, obviously, from a different perspective because you have Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so each of the different chapters gives like a little more detail or a slightly different, um, let's say different perspective, but it just, it elaborates. So I'm going to start with Matthew and verses, or chapter 24, verse 6 through 15 says, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, and pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, 
and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth, let him understand. So, going back to verse 6, and just kind of parsing it out, when it says, and you shall hear, the word for hear is a kuo. And so that's really about giving an audience um, of or coming to the ears or to be understood. And then it talks about when you shall hear of wars. So when you shall hear of the bustle of warfare, um, and it, it says little or literal or figurative, it can be in regards to a single encounter or to a series of encounters, like a battle or a fight. Um, so when you shall hear of wars and rumors of war. So the first one is the way I was taking it, or, yeah, is more when you're hearing directly. You know, it's like kind of um, the way I think of it. Like, you know, if you were packing up camp, you could hear all the noise that was going on. You could hear, you know, like back in the day, maybe all the horses hooves clattering as you're throwing stuff onto the um, the carts. And you could hear people, you know, rolling up their tents as they're packing, you know, things like that. You're packing up, there's a noise that goes with it. And in this case, it's like the war is already going on, but you're hearing the noise of it. You're hearing the clamoring of the, and again, it's not just physical because we're talking spiritual, but for, to start in the natural, you know, like swords hitting each other or just the noise of men and the feet and the scuffle and all of that, you know, that's this first, you shall hear of wars. And then when it says, and rumors of wars, so the word for rumor is um, very similar. It's a kuo. <laughs> well, it roots back to a kuo. But this is actually, um, it's like A-K-O-E. And then it'll put in parentheses the same word that we just talked about. But it says hearing um, the act. And it does say audience as well. But it also says something that was preached, a report, or something that's remoral. And so to me, that was more... You know, somebody who's been in the front lines or in the throes of what's going on and they're coming back to you going, have you heard, you know, this is what's happening. This is what we're seeing going on around the nation. So you're going to have those things that you yourself are intimately involved in, but then you're also going to have those things that you're hearing reports of from other people, other voices. So, and the Lord, and this is Jesus, because in... To backtrack for a minute, this was Jesus talking to his disciples. You know, they had already, he had been teaching and they were asking him, so Lord, when is the end coming? And he proceeded then to convey this to them. Um, and says, so you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. And then the word for see is hereo. So, you know, properly to be able to stare or to be able to discern clearly. So in the physical or mental um, and in the Hebrew, it says, you know, to experience. So again, you're going, so when you've heard yourself of what's going on, when you've heard reports from other people, make sure, you know, that what you're seeing, what you're allowing yourself to, um, discern or making sure that you're discerning, you know, from your experience that you're discerning, um, that ye not, or that ye be not troubled. And so it's interesting because ye be is the same word actually for troubled. So it's be, okay, see that, thoreo, thoreo. And we know that when there's a double issuance of things, it's always that point of intimacy that the Father's trying to, com, you know, communicate something to us. And so he wants us to know that we need to not be as those who are clamoring. We know our voices aren't, 
being taken up in their partnership by what we're hearing, by what we're being given report of, that that's not what is coming forth from our mouth. Because ultimately, as we continue to read, our voice, you know, we know that it always starts with a voice. And so our voice has to be reserved and on hand to be partnered with what the Father is doing. That has to be what we lend our voice to. Yes, Mom has some words of wisdom, too. I don't know about wisdom, I just to uh, back up what you were saying, because really the word akuo is, is like the New Testament version of Shema. So it, the onus on all of this, as like you said, it's on us to be able to hear and apply intelligence to our hearing and then obey the Spirit in the midst of what's going on because um, it's our responsibility to assess all of the rumors, all of the reports, all of the turmoil, everything that's going on around us. It's our responsibility to assess in the midst of that and see what God is doing right. in the midst of all of that, not just to be pulled into the stuff. Right. Well, exactly. Because obviously the things that are clamoring that we're hearing are things that are meant to frighten and meant to trouble. And as we continue reading, we'll see why, because, you know, we already went through them. <laughs> it says, and so what I found interesting too, though, and it says, for all these things must come. And as you continue to read, so it says, for all these things is the word D-I, D-I, D-E-I, um, which has to do with being intertwined or being bound to something. Um, and when it says must come, that's the word genomai. So the idea, um, I'm sorry, for all these things must is di, come to pass is genomai. And meaning these are things that God from the beginning of time intended were going to happen. And it is intimately and well, intimately, it's entwined with his purpose. It's entwined with his overall um, plan for how things will play out. You know, and what the Lord is reminding me of, it's like, you know, when between Genesis 1 and 2, when he created the earth and it was good, it encompassed all of his good purpose. And then the enemy rebelled and he and the other angels that rebelled with him were thrown down to earth. God knew the havoc that was going to wreak. Do do we not? Did we not think that he was also going to have a plan for restoration from the very beginning? That knowing how it's going to present in the natural and in the spiritual, that he's going to have a way for us to be able to assess and to overcome so that we can continue to partner with his plan of restoration from the beginning of time. Oh, go ahead. Well, this certainly goes along with the concept that uh, God lets his friends know what's going on. He is going to be revealing to us so that we will not be troubled. You know, we are going to partner with him in it and move with it rather than fight against it. Uh, you know, that's exactly what Paul went through. Uh, he was he was fighting against what God was doing. And uh, so when he was confronted by Jesus on the road to Emmaus, or Damascus, um, he said, don't you find it hard kicking against the prods? You know, don't you find it that your life is, is not going well because you're not going along with what I really am doing? And, uh, of course, that was the beginning of his opening of his eyes later on. Right. And we certainly don't want to be the ones who are kicking against what God is doing because here he's telling us this clamor, these things that seem frightening, this is part of my plan from the beginning of time this has been part of how I have intertwined this with the journey that I have set aside for my sons. You know, again, it comes back to we know it's not about the end goal because God already knows the end. He knows the destination. It's about the journey there. And he knew that this clamor, these things that would be frightening in the spirit, in the natural, were going to be part of what needed to be present for sons to be able to then partner for his overcoming to be known um, so don't be troubled, you know, don't, again, join your voice in with what you see because God's allowing us to see as he enabled Paul to see that all what is happening is part of his eternal purpose ultimately. And, and I don't want, I wonder if part of this is not just a, a reality wake up call to all of us. I mean, I think we've been there longer now, but I mean, at the beginning when everything started with this turmoil stuff, a couple of years ago, 
um, if that's not like a, a reality check for all of us that we really are citizens of heaven and not citizens of this earth. Because I know like me, I, I was like, wait a minute, this is, this is not how our country runs. This is not you know, thinking in the natural. I, right. Things cannot change this drastically because this is not who we are as a nation. And then realizing, oh, wait a minute, that's not where my focus has to be at all. Right. Because God may want everything to change in this nation so that this nation will fall to its knees. Exactly. Because even if the intent was that we were a nation that partnered with God, anytime there's iniquity, anytime anywhere along that path, there wasn't a point where the direction that was put forth was really being given by the Spirit, then there was an opportunity for twisting. And obviously it has been twisted. So things that, you know, on the surface may look good, but maybe underneath haven't been functioning in a righteous fashion. This is what the Father is turning over. This is what has to have experienced the upheaval. And as sons, we have to be the ones grounded knowing this upheaval is coming, but it is not the end, as it says. You know, this isn't the final goal. This is just the beginning. Go ahead. I was thinking, you know, Israel held so tightly to the fact that they were Israel. They were the called out ones. And to the point that even now people are like, well, you got to trace your your Israeli roots to be part of the the kingdom or whatever. And I think um, we as humans get to that point where there is a love for nation, but you have to realize, as mom was saying, there, you know, our love for nation cannot be greater than our love for the kingdom. Right. And the reality is, while we love our nation and what it was founded on, God hasn't called us to be Americans. He's called us to be sons of, right. of God. Well, and even and the that's, freedoms that living in our country have afforded us really pale in comparison to the freedom of what God has offered us as those who partner with his heart and his plan. Well, because you, you still have bondage to... to your iniquity and bondage to sin when, and you don't realize that you're sitting in that trench until you've had that moment of, Oh my goodness, I can really and literally let go of all the rules and regulations that I've tried to bind myself to, because really it's the heart of the father that I'm binding myself to. And that will dictate how you behave, but it's not your behavior that dictates how much your devotion is to the father. And I think that that's where we ki- we've gotten turned around and backwards. And we think, well, if we look this way, well, then God must love us. And it's like, mm. But that's kind of this, we have to love everybody right. and accept everybody's life choices and say that it's a good thing because if not, well, then we're not loving, which scripture says you have to love your neighbor. And again, it's that twisted. They don't understand that the love is the agape. It's the passionate pursuit of God's heart in his ways. And so you see how there's just, you know, these small points of twisting that have just become greater and greater to where it's brought us to where we are now, because then it's like you have these churches, you know, and some places are recognizing it. You know, David was just telling me this morning, you know, that large group of Methodists that are separating themselves out because of what the overall Methodist church, you know, has aligned themselves with. They're saying, this is not godly. This is not who we want to be. And so they're pulling themselves apart. And it's just, you know, it's across the nation, even as Americans, you know, who we are, well, it's about freedoms. Well, now freedoms to the point that it actually, it's like one freedom is infringing on someone else's freedom. And then it gets all wrapped up in that. And it come, becomes about, at some point, identity, but identity found in twisted purpose. And so really what it is, is if you know who God has made you to be and that identity as a son, the freedom that's there releases you from feeling like, well, I've got to fit into this group, or I need to be accepted by this group, or I need to appeal so that everybody wants to come be part of my group. You don't have to do that because it's really just about pleasing God's heart. And it's like, if they want to come along, that is great. But if they decide not to come, that is their choice. But you will still be faithful to what God has asked you to release so that those opportunities are there for them to come, for them to hear and to see and know, um, but that that's not going to dictate how demonstrative you are in your own pursuit or your own expression of what God has asked you to do because you don't want to offend somebody that you think it may not be loving them because your point is different from how they're living their life. But yeah, but you just realize how convoluted it's become. 
So it's necessary. It's it's necessary. <laughs> and I, you know, I think again, we don't want to be as Israel and be like, "Whoa, this is America and God we trust." And it's like, "Well, yeah, but who is your allegiance to?" And as Paul has stated many times in, in Scripture, it has to be to the kingdom. Right. That has to be our allegiance because to anything that we have created here on earth, it's it's ultimately going to fail. Right. I think it's interesting to make a note that um, um, the the oasis, the the place that people are drawn to, is extremely different from where they are. Uh, this this was the draw of America, because everybody said America is so different from homeland. We want to go there because it's different. And now, America is saying, "Oh, we want to be more inclusive. We want to become like the people that." They're fleeing from their place. We we want to become like their place used to be, so that we're all harmonious. And the people go, no, we've been there. We don't want that. We came here because it's different. And it's the same with our relationship with with the Father. We maintain a a we we, we become that that different place that that people are looking and saying, I, I I want to be there because where I am isn't doing it. Right. And, and if we try to be what they want, then we cease to be that place they want to be. I mean, why would I change the same as our place, you know? Right. Poof. True. Which is interesting because as we continue to read, it lends itself to all the things that have been said. Um, all right. So, you know, he says these things have to come to pass, but this is not yet the end. And again, the end is just telos, which means the... Um, the goal, or properly the point aimed at as a limit, so, uh, or the purpose. <laughs> and it says, and then it goes on to detail what these wars and rumors of wars, what it will encompass, and it says, for nation shall rise against nation, ethnos shall rise against ethnos, so, you know, the different groups of people, um, and the word for rise is interesting, because it's the word Egiro, E-G-E-I-R-O, which is to rouse from sleep or death or inactivity. And it comes from agora, so to take up commerce in the marketplace. So it's like there are going to be people, you know, rising up from their point of inactivity in the spiritual marketplace and coming in to make their voice known. But when nation rises against nation, it's like... Um, I wrote it out better here somewhere, <laughs> my thought. Maybe, wait, that's not my, where is it? Sorry, I printed off. There, there we go. You know what? Okay. So I had just, you noted that you're going to have, I just said like tribal people groups rousing from their inactivity in the marketplace of spiritual activity and attempt to superimpose themselves on other people groups. And that's really a lot of what we're seeing now, too. You know, people that, because I mean, you look back, like even to ancient Egypt, and there's certain mindsets, there's certain, um, whether it's the Greeks or the Egyptians, the same points of twistedness that are operating now, you see were alive and prevalent in their cultures, but it's almost like it's still been there, but it's just been more quiet for all these many years. And now things like that are coming to the forefront. Oh, well, we worship this God, and this is why, you know, we sacrifice our children this way, or we, you know, um, advertise this way because we align ourselves with this group of spiritual thought. You know, it's just like all these things that, yes, have always been there, but are kind of rearing their ugly heads and saying, we're a a force to be reckoned with, we're a voice of authority. And that's really what it is. They're a point of you know, spiritual authority that they feel like they own in that terio that they're going to be rising up against other voices of authority in this time frame. And yes, we are seeing this. Um, and it says, and kingdom against kingdom. And, you know, just being the word basile, you know, like we, you know, like the kingdom of heaven. So, and there shall be famines, and famine is the word, um, where did it go? Because I'm in the wrong scripture now. Let me go back. 
I'm sorry, what? Yes, Lemos, sorry. Like I had all my words on one page and I flipped it to find my sentence and now I've got to come back, I apologize. Um, and kingdom against, yeah, the same thing. So kingdom trying to superimpose themselves on other kingdoms. And the famines, which is lemos, has to do with um, a lack of food, but that applies to the spiritual and to the natural. You know, so that lack of truth that really aligns with God's heart, you know, what's put out there um, doesn't have the strong meat. It's not going to help you to move forward on the path of grace. And pestilences, which so plague and disease, you know, and you think of, it actually says the disease, but, you know, a plague even, I mean, you could have a disease of the mind, which really is where a lot of our world is at. You know, I would say our nation, it is our nation, but it's not just our nation. And so something that, um, you know, and a plague, and, and that's what's so interesting because the plague, you think of it being worldwide. Well, these disease mindsets, they are worldwide. It's not just to one people group. It's across the board um, that we're seeing this. And it says, and earthquakes. So the shaking of atmospheres. You know, we know that this is what the Father is using. He's bringing all this up so that the atmosphere can be shaken, so that things can become aligned again. And in diverse places. So it's interesting because places there, so diverse we know to be, you know, different kinds or many, but place is topos, and it refers to a spot, but it's limited by occupancy. Like instead of saying, um, like the state of Florida, this is a point where you've been that you're occupying, like a specific place, and it says as a home or a scabbard, a scabbard. So like, you know, you put your sword and it's scabbard. It has its very specific place that it stays in. So in regards to... Um, you know, all these places, these things are happening, they're going to be happening in, one, places that are very, um, I don't want to say, like we have our limited influence. You know, we have our immediate influence that God has placed us in. So it's going to be happening all over, but I think that also relates to where he has us as sons placed. You know, where this is occurring, he has those of us who will stand as his voice, but it's going to be places close to home. And you know, and it lines up because as you go on, it continues to talk about, you know, father against son and brother against brother, and we'll get there. But, um, and then it goes on in verse eight, and it says, all these are the beginning of sorrows. And what was interesting there is the word for um, beginning is archaic, and the word for sorrows is actually Odin, which means a pang of childbirth or travail. So all these things, these are things that from the uppermost authority, the highest authority is allowing for the travail, you know, for that birthing process to occur of having things aligned the way the father wants it. It's kind of like, you know, birth is not fun. <laughs> for, for those of us that have given birth, you know, it is painful and it's long and it's arduous, but yet from it comes life. From it comes a new son that can be raised up and a point of partnership with God. You know, this is from the very, and because our being the very first, you know, this is what the father has intended, the travail that would happen so that that which he wants birth would come forth. And it's a process. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen right. and that's know, why he in says, an instant. But it's not the end. You right. see all this, and it's still, it's not the end. It's just that it's it's like when you first feel that first wave of contraction, you're like, oh, right. I think this is the start. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be ending anytime soon. Well, and so. here's the thing, and you go through all of that, but when you give birth to your child, that's not the end. It's like, okay, the kid's here, and then you walk <laughs> off. It's like, well, no, now you have to nurture and raise and grow this child. So... You know, when we feel these pressures, we feel these things coming in, this is, this is just the beginning of the birth pains that we have to, as sons, be willing to endure to see that which the Father wants to bring to life happen, you know, and that we know that once we've made it through our point of birthing, that it's not done. It's not the end goal. Like we said, it's the process. It's the journey. There are still other points where he's birthing forth his intent, his truth, and his life. 
Um, okay. And in, so it says these are the beginning of sorrows. And in, then in verse 9, it says, Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted, and shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Mm-hmm. Right? Yay! So when they deliver you up, that's paradidomae, which is the point of they're going to draw near to you to be able to surrender you up. <laughs> you know, so people may come in and you may think, oh, this is great. But as they're drawing close to you, their intent may be so that they can then offer you up. Um, and it says, and she'll kill you. And so there, that is like a separation or a departure or cessation. So yes, when you're killed, you were separated from this earth. You, were, <laughs> you have departed. Um, and then, um, deliver you, and you shall be afflicted. And the word for afflicted is thlipsis, T-H-L-I-P-S-I-S, which is really a pressure or a burden, um, you know, to be persecuted. I'm sorry, I skipped over that one because I went straight to kill. Because <laughs> you show, okay, so they deliver you up. I'm sorry. So they yield you up. I talked about they draw near to be able to yield you up so that you can then be put to you know, the pressure, so that you can then be burdened. And then they will separate you out. They'll kill you. They'll depart you, and you shall be hated. So hated is miso. So to love less or to be detested of all ethnos for his name's sake, for the authority that you bear on behalf of as an anointed son, for what he's wanting to do. So this is why this is happening. You know, they're seeing, and it's funny, now I think bits of what Net taught her coming back, you know, the fact that they're going to see how you're partnering with God. And as much as it draws them in, they're also going to hate that. That's what is going to cause them to want to push you away and offer you up because then it shines the light on all the ways that they've not aligned themselves, you know, and all the ways that they've allowed themselves to be pulled into the clamor. And then they'll be like, you know, as much as it draws them, it's also what repulses them if they're not willing to right, allow the change or to die to themselves. And you can just look at the example that Jesus had in his ministry. I mean, he drew thousands of people. Right. I mean, they all came in, even the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they, they all came, but what they heard, you know, it, it pushed them away because they were, you know, they were amazed at what he was teaching, but they saw that as the uh, uh, chipping away at their, their foundation. Right, what they had established already. Right. Yeah. That's exactly it. And it says, and then shall many. So this is where it's interesting, too. Um, So here in Matthew 10, it says, many shall be offended. And, you know, and I'll read through and get there, but, and when you look in, like, Mark, it narrows that down to who those many are. It doesn't necessarily use the word many, but regardless. It says, and then many shall be offended, and offended is scandalizo, so to trip up. And shall betray, so this same word, we just discussed, paradidomae, um, one another, and shall hate one another. So, again, that word miso. And it says, and many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive. And the word, and shall deceive many. So, to cause to roam or to go astray is the word for deceive. Um, and, and then it goes back to, you know, we we're talking about the iniquity. Because of iniquity, or because iniquity shall abound, the love or the agape shall wax cold. You know, and that agape, that passionate pursuit for the heart of God and for what he wants to do. So what's interesting is the word for wax cold is actually psycho, P-S-Y-C-H-O, which means to breathe voluntarily or gently, <laughs> meaning you're no longer passionately pursuing God. You're just taking those passive breaths in and out. And it's like, okay, you know, there's no um, burning. There's no, it's, and that's just it. You know, the enemy doesn't even have to necessarily take us totally off track. He just needs sons because in order to be able to withstand all of these things, you have to really be pursuing and pressing into God's heart. But if you are, um, overcome, if you are worn out as the enemy desires to do, then you may just sit back and be like, you know what? I'm just going to let it happen. 
just going to take care of me. You know, I'm just going to sit here and just breathe in passively. I'm not going to be pursuing what God wants because it's easier to not fight it so that I don't have to undergo the persecutions. I don't have to undergo the burden. I don't have to be hated. You know, I have people talk about me like I'm this terrible person when all I'm doing is aligning myself with God's heart. Yeah, I, when you think about that passive breathing, um, you think about you know someone who is relaxed, someone who is seated, someone who is near near sleep. I mean, you're just the, the 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 less you move, the deeper you're breathing because you're you're not preparing anything. But if you are are running, exerting yourself, yes, you 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 have to suck in a lot of air because that's what's required. You you're you're going to be huffing and puffing so that you continue in that run and um you know I, I this i think really illustrates the difference between you know these two concepts about passionate breathing is you are so active that you are you are taking more in because you have to have it right. whereas if if you are uh relaxed and and are you know you don't need that much air right. you know and so you're just ready to sleep right and again, we just have to be actively pursuing God's heart at every aspect. You know, when you encounter these points of affliction and these points of being hated, that that doesn't cause you to woe is me, but it causes you to just press in and say, okay, God, this is part of what has to happen. This has been weaved in and intertwined with your plan from the beginning over time for this redemption. So... I'm going to continue to breathe hard after you so that I can partner with your voice. Go ahead. It's, it's really, you know, warfare. Mm -hmm. uh, when, when you are in that struggle, you, you are really breathing hard. Breathing hard. And, and you, you just can't uh, uh, breathe passively when you, when you are exerting yourself that, in that much. And so it's that same concept. If we're exerting ourselves on behalf of the Lord, we are going to be breathing hard we are going to be taking in what he is supplying so that we are continuing to survive right well and it's interesting too because you're talking about warfare but i was thinking about childbirth even i remember you know with declan <laughs> from the time they broke my water my contractions were so intense like it took everything for me to breathe through those and i remember thinking how do these women have all this extra breath to screen there just isn't enough there it all is needed just to breathe through this contraction you know but that's your breath is being exerted towards what you're working on. You don't have, right, I'm sorry, what were you saying? The goal, yeah, towards what you're aimed at. So, um, all right, and so then 13, this is us. <laughs> but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And um, let's see, and the word for endure is that familiar word we know, hupameno, the one who stays under what the father has asked of us we continually submit ourselves in obedience to his plan and his heart you know when the conclusion comes you know unto the end so unto that telos we know we're not there yet but when we arrive with the father at that end point then we will be made whole we will be delivered we will be preserved if we remain under him and what he's doing and this is that gospel. You know, this is what right now the Father is giving us, what we have been sharing as sons and saints, you know, as we go to the nations. But it says, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. And the word for world is oikoumen, so which roots back to oiko, so to occupy a house. So even not just lands, you know, but again, we talked about earlier, this relating to the house, to our place where we are that we intimately what's around us for a witness or a materion unto all nations so ethnos and then shall the end or the telos come meaning then shall it be present shall it arrive and so and mark for time's sake i'll read through it and then i'll just bring out the um couple areas where there were like an expansion of understanding that was already released in matthew so in Mark 13, 7 through 13, obviously this is going to be similar because this is still Jesus, but relayed through Mark's perspective. It says, And when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be ye not troubled. 
for such things must needs be, but the end shall not yet be. And let me see. Okay. Um, For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in diverse places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginnings of sorrows. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to councils, and in the synagogues ye shall be beaten, and ye shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what you shall speak, neither do you premeditate. But whatsoever shall be given you in that hour, that speak ye, for it is not ye that speak, but the Holy Ghost." Now the brothers shall betray brother to death, and the father the son, and children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So when you're looking in Mark, um, it's interesting because, again, it has that W issue, I can talk, double issuance of Thoreo, the be ye and the not troubled. Um, and again, the, that first verse is the same and it talks about, you know, the nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And then, and it goes down to, um, so we're in verse eight and it says, and there will be earthquakes in diverse places. And it says, and there shall be famines and troubles. So the word for troubles here is actually tar, A-K-A, T-A-R-A-C-H-E which has to do with a disturbance or the roiling of a mob. And it roots to a word that means to agitate or to royal water. Um, so, you know, when you're talking about um, nations shall rise against nation and famines and pestilence, and it just stops with earthquakes, this just, you know, lets you know, because it, it says famines and trouble. So it's like instead of pestilence, it's defining this word trouble, you know, that it's going to be, and again, that disease of the mind, it's like it roils up the mob, that mob mentality. People get going and it's, you know, this is the the mindset you should have. So it's going to present in that fashion. And, um, and here it's also interesting because when you go to verse nine and it's talking about, they're going to deliver you up, you know, in Matthew, it talks about just you're going to be delivered up to experience these things. Well, this tells you who they're delivering you up to. They're delivering you up to the councils, which is Sinedron, which kind of sounds like Sanhedrin, but it um, is the joint session or the tribunal. Um, And I think if you kept following it, I think it did talk about like the Sanhedrin. Um, And it says, and in the synagogues, you shall be beaten. So you will be flayed or scourged. So... Again, they're going to take even what you stand for, those mindsets, and they're going to try and cut it open, (laughs) you know, and come against it with any number of things that would try and tear to shreds. Because a scourge, you know, you think of like that cat of nine tails that they'd whip you with. The goal is to tear something up, you know, and trying to tear up and tear down, or I guess you could say deconstruct, (laughs) you know, the truth that you know to be true. Um... And it says, and you shall be brought, and that word brought is systeme. So you're going to be stood upright before rulers. And it's interesting here because it does differentiate between rulers and kings. And rulers are the hegemai, which is like the governor or the prince. So again, somebody who's more intimately ruling over your direct place, but also to kings. And the king represented the foundation of power or those who hold dominion. You know, they hold overall dominion. For my sake, for a testimony, so martyrion, against them. And the gospel must, so this is that same word di, which in verse 7 it talks about, um, first, which is proton. So it's the first in order of importance from the beginning. It has to first be published among all the nations or all the ethnos. And so, you know, even the order, because he says, but then are, but when they shall lead you and deliver you, so paradidomai, then this interesting, I, you know, I knew the scripture talked about when you go before kings and um, leaders, you know, take no thoughtful what you will say. I don't know that my brain ever put it together with that it was in C3 
sequence with this whole series of events before, after you've been beaten and scourged, after you've been hated by all men, after all these things have happened, that this is the time frame when you're going before your local governing authorities, you're going before the overall authorities, you know, the kings, and you're not supposed to be, and it said, when it says take no thought beforehand, that means don't be anxious about what you will speak. So lay, Leon, neither premeditate, meaning don't revolve in your mind, which I'm really good at. You know, I can, I can think myself into a headache. I've done that before. Like you lay there in bed and I'm just thinking about, okay, how did I say this? How could I do this better? Wait, I've got to have this conversation. You know, you just think and think and think it through so many times. And then it, like, it makes your head cramp and it's like, oh my gosh, I have just, I have literally thought myself into a headache because I have so turned every which way how I could possibly either have addressed this issue or address something that's already happened in the future. God's saying, don't do that. Don't sit here and try and think of the multitude of ways that you can address these rulers or think of the multitude of ways in which you're going to be brought before them and then have to give a word. You know, it's like we've gone through our times where we're teaching to, um, what is the word I want? I mean, to grow ourselves so that we're in the word and that we're able to expound upon it. But that God is bringing us to a point where in season, because we know his heart, because we're in intercession and we're pursuing his ways, that it's so we're so close to his heart that what we're echoing, he's going to give us in that moment. We don't have to sit there and think through, you know, how it's going to come out. And he says, I'm sorry. No, that's fine. It's, a, it's the concept of uh, we do and then we teach. Um, we're, what we say is going to reflect who we are. Right. So we are just going to talk about who we are. And, and you know, that's, we're not going to be sucked into vain arguments. We're not going to be arguing stuff that really doesn't matter. Or, or you know, Jesus never really in, engaged in the, the argument of the Pharisees. He, he went to um, the root. The root. And when he spoke, it, it shut them down because... According to what he said, there was nothing else to talk about. Right. So, you know, that's where we're going. To, we, we are going to be speaking from the root of who we are and where we are planted and where we gain our, um, our sustenance. And, and it's not going to be to argue or to defend something that is peripheral. Right. And I think that's going to be key in, in this concept here. Right. Well, and, and he says, you know, whatsoever, let's see. Neither premeditate, but whatsoever shall be given you in that hour. And the word given is didomai. Whatsoever he's going to bestow upon us or even commit to us for that time frame in that hour, which is the word season. And that season, that's what you speak. For, again, it's not us that's speaking, but it's the Holy Ghost or his hagios pneuma. You know, the breath of his spirit that's what's really speaking. Again, it's who we are because our spirit man is alive. It is active. It is functioning within us. And that is what we speak from. You know, it's almost like in our intercession, it's his spirit that's praying. In these times, it's his spirit that's speaking forth through our mouth that is the voice. Um, you know, and he goes on to say, brother will betray brother to death and the father, the son, and the children shall rise up against their parents or the genomae. So again, those who... You know, because it doesn't just have to be bloodline. I mean, those that you spiritually have grown and you have raised up, you know, to understand. Again, it's this close-to-home concept, you know, this happening in these points where it's occurring. This is where this sort of thing will come up and shall cause them to be put to death. And you will be hated of me for, or hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure, again, hupomeno, to the end shall be saved. So it's the same as sozos. And then if we look in Luke 21.9, so now he uses a different word for trouble, but it more or less, and it gives again another um, aspect, but it's the word um, terrified with, it kind of reminds me of potato, but it's not potato, potio, P-T-O-E-O, -E <laughs> um, through the idea of causing to fall, or causing to fly away, meaning like if somebody's scared off, you think like a bird, you scare the bird and they suddenly fly away um, because they're frightened. And so Luke says, but when you shall hear of wars, and it says in commotion, so instead of this rumors of wars, it uses the word commotion here. 
And that word is akatasteo, which is an instability or confusion or tumult, which that's what clamor brings. It brings instability and confusion, and it makes things tumultuous. Be not terrified, and that's our word. You know, don't be frightened. Don't take off. Um, for these things must first, so same thing, D-I, but it uses the word proton instead of R-K, come to pass. But the end, the telos, is not by and by. And the word by and by actually is eutheos. So it means immediately, but it roots to eutithime, meaning it's not in accordance with his timing to be placed or sown into at this moment. So... Um, that it would be the end of things. You know, that's not what he's tithed his good purpose for it to be done, so to speak. And it says, then he, or then said he, and this word is lego unto them, nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and great, this is the word megas. So that authority over the mindset of the people in a realm, earthquakes shall be in diverse places. So now these earthquakes, the shaking, we know it's specifically to address the mindset of the people in the area that's coming. Um, and it says places and famines and pestilence. And then it says in fearful sights. And fearful sights is this word, um, frightening thing, and it roots to be in awe. And great, so that goes back to megas, and then signs, which would, you know, be the miraculous, shall there be from heaven. So, again, the things that happen are going to be those that will affect the mindsets of the people. They've already been shaken, and now they're going to, in tandem with these famines and the pestilence, there's going to be these fearful sights from heaven. You know, things that have people in awe and miracles that are going to happen in the heavenlies. Um, it says, but before all these, they shall lay, which means it's epibalo or their hands. So they're going to lay their hands upon you, which the word for hand is chair, which is, you know, it talks about the hollowness for grasping. So their own point of authority, <laughs> they're going to throw it upon you and persecute you, which is diokai, so to pursue you, delivering you up to the synagogues, so and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers, so this same, those with overall authority and those immediate, for my name's sake, for the authority of his name that we bear. This is what this is happening for. And it says, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. So turn is apobiano, so um, it means to disembark. And again, it roots back ultimately to a word that means foot, which we know is about dominion. So these things will become a point of dominion taking for you, you know, this, because it says um, for a testimony. So it's going to be that point that you die for the Father's kingdom to be known, but then dominion will be known in that. Um, so settle it therefore in your hearts. And the word settle is tethemi. And we know that's about you know, really being equipped for placement, you know, the giftings he gives us. So, so that into your hearts, again, that you're not going to meditate before what you shall answer, or, you know, the word for answer there is give account for the logos, because when you're in this place, you already have to have it, you know, sewn into you that, again, you're going to allow the Father to be the one to sow what he needs you to speak in that time frame. And he says, for I will give you a mouth, which this was interesting because mouth is stoma. So, which we know, you know, like a gash or an opening, but it also means the front edge of a weapon. And we know that the tongue, you know, is powerful, like a sword for bringing down strongholds. strongholds. And you think about this because it really has to be what we, what we say can't come from a place of bitterness. Right, which it you can be very much tempted to function in when all this when has been brought against you. When you, yeah, when you've when you've been through all of this, and then you get the ability to speak, it can't be from that place of hurt, bitterness, anger. It really does have to be His Spirit flowing through that gives the truth, the agape, the the purpose, instead of behind why you've 
endured all of this. Right. Which is what Jesus did, you know, time and again. That was how he operated. Um, but yes, yeah, so it says, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, that proper application of his truth, which all your adversaries, so here the adversaries are identified as anti-Kamai, so Kamai, you know, those who are against or opposing that which has been laid out as what's going to happen. They shall not be able to gainsay, so they won't be able to deny or resist. Resist is the word antihistime. They cannot stand against you. And it goes on, though, and ye shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, for the authority of knowing his ways. But there shall not a hair of your head perish. And your patience, so in your hupomeno, possess or acquire or purchase ye your soul. So purchase ye your own spirit man. You know, be able to um, access your spirit man in that place of staying under his authority and what he's directed. And, um, and so then... In 2 Thessalonians, it was interesting because that was the only other scripture where this word troubled was used. And although this is Paul talking to the Thessalonians, at the same time, it very much reflects a similar message to what Jesus was telling his disciples as far as how he's speaking to them. And he says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken. And the word for shaken means that you not be waver or agitated, you not be disturbed in mind, so in your intellect, or the word noose, or be troubled. So, you know, that word that you're not brought into the clamor, you're not wailing, you're not frightened. Um, okay, or be troubled. And it says, neither by the spirit, so the breath, and that's interesting because in this case, he's saying not to have your, um, you know, your mind. So your mind, your will, or emotions, let not those clamor against. In this case, it's like a, um, an opposite thing. Like don't let the things that God wants to divulge to you, don't let his spirit, don't let his logos, those foundational words of purpose that you have to build upon, don't let that be a trouble to your mind. Don't let it cause your mind to be in turmoil because that's what you have to submit. It says, nor by letter as from us is that the day of Christ is at hand. So it's instant um, is what hand means. Let no man deceive you by any means. So don't, the word for means, by any turn, by any conversation or character. Don't let anyone deceive you in that regard for that day shall not come except there be a falling away, so a defection from truth first, and that the man of sin be revealed, so apocalypto, and the son of perdition. So perdition means ruin or loss, whether that be applied to spiritual, physical, or eternal, um, be revealed. So the man of ruin is going to be revealed, which is what we've talked about earlier. Who opposeth so that the anti-Kamae stands against the Kamae and exalted himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this is all talking about this man of perdition, this one who wants to ruin, sitting in the place where God is and saying, look at me, I am as God. I have the same authority, the same power. Um, remember ye not? that when I was yet with you, I told or I lego you these things. And now you know that what withholdeth, so cat echo, what is being held fast to, that he might be revealed in his time. Again, you know, you hold closely to the thing that God has revealed to you, the way that from the beginning of time he's revealing to us, he is intended to work so that we know it's going to be revealed in his timing, in his season, that we're not becoming anxious because it's not been revealed yet. Um, For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed whom the, lo the Lord shall consume. So it's the Lord is going to destroy, which is the word for consume, 
with his spirit, which I thought that was very cool. You know, it's the breath of God that's going to totally consume the wicked one. But again, that's why he tells us, don't let it be from your own mind that you speak what I have put in your spirit. Let it be my spirit that is speaking through you because that's what's going to destroy the wicked one. And, and it says, and it, so the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, that stoma, the edge of a weapon, and shall destroy, so he's going to render idle, that word is kata ergo, with the brightness or the manifestation of his coming. So even him whose coming is after the work of Satan with all power and signs and lying, when ye therefore, oh wait, oops, just kidding. Where's the rest of my scripture? Whoop. Um, yep. Okay, so let me go to this one. <laughs> Where am I? Verse 9. Okay. With lying, signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, and them that perish, because they receive not the agape of the truth, that they might be sozoed. And, oh, that's okay. <laughs> that's all right. I was like, oops, oh, I'm missing it. So, I mean, this is where we are. This is the backdrop that the Father has us functioning in. And we have to remember that this is the backdrop that he intended from that moment when he first threw Lucifer and those other fallen beings down to earth. This was his plan. So let our spirit be what speaks for us. Let us be under his directive and his guidance so that we are not troubled. We are not joining our voices with the clamor of what we know has to occur, but that we are letting his spirit that we know is going to totally decimate and destroy all of that come forth. Amen. 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 I'm sorry, people.